This week on Just Like That, the number one Mike Goldberg-inspired podcast on the planet. We'll recap UFC 272, Covington vs. Masvidal, hit you with our segments, Isn't He Awesome, and Real World Callouts. And last but not least, we'll preview UFC Fight Night, Santos vs. Ankalaev. Here we go. Oh, Right, here we go. Welcome to another episode of Just Like That. We got a full preview, quick recap, and all our segments. So we're going to jump right into things and we'll start things off as we always do. So Ryan, as always, take us away. Uh, all right, take of the week. Unfortunately, JLT here, we fell for the uh, the bookie traps last week on uh, Edson Barbosa and Renato Moicano. So, yep. bad week. I mean, overall, wasn't bad, but those ones, I don't know. I just had this sinking feeling on Edson Barbosa the whole time. Like, as when I saw it, I loved it, but then I'm like, I've been in this spot and I feel like I lose it every time. And then, like, the longer the week went on, I'm like, I can just, I just have this gut feeling Bryce Mitchell is going to rust fuck him. And it's just, it's going to be one of those Edson Barbosa performances where, like, what is he doing? And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. We'll go more on the recap later, but uh, yeah. And then not to Moicano, I might be uh, might have been a little blinded for the love, you know, <laughs> love for my guy there. Um, you know, short notice, five rounds. I wasn't a hundred percent aware it was five rounds when we did the, when we recorded. I think um, three round fight might not have went any better for him, but uh, you know, maybe you never know. But uh, yeah, five rounds, not great coming in short notice, but. Uh, and RDA, who has had problems with weight cutting in the past, like the Eddie Alvarez knockout loss, um, you know, having had a catch weight at 160 probably helped him a little bit there too. So, yeah, well, we're, uh, you know, living, we learn. Um, you know, hopefully <laughs> we avoid, uh, avoid situations like that here coming up. We earned a few. Uh, we earned a few misses. Um, Eds and Barboza, it's just like the two. I was just saying there's two Eds and Barbozas, and the wrong one showed up. That's what I like yeah. to say. The old Cowboy Cerrone quote. Yeah, exactly. Overall, I mean, I didn't do terrible betting. I would have won money. I ended up losing a little bit of money, but uh, I put a lot of money on Colby Covington, Kevin Holland, Marina Rodriguez, and that was my Mega Madoff. Like basically, like just had a bunch of different parlays, kind of like 50, 75, like just sprinkled in there with like a mix of those four. So, and I should have won money just off of those, but I kept losing. I kept rebuilding my big parlays because they kept losing one after another and that kind of sunk me so but uh and i didn't really not like it sunk me bad i mean i probably only lost like 40 bucks overall but could have been probably 40 50 100 even in the green if i didn't didn't try to go hit it big so much and just went with the safe ones and once my big ones lost just let it go yeah we've all been there many times i had a uh holland uh marina rodriguez colby covington I, that was basically where I dug my heels in and uh, laid down all my bets. So I did okay, but um, we'll save that for the recap because some of those weren't some of those were a little bit of a sweat, anyways. But um, my take this week, I got uh, premature Khabib getting in the Hall of Fame. No disrespect to Khabib, but he's barely there's there's active fighters who have fought less recently than Khabib. Um, kind of weird move, right? To just put him in the hall of fame in 2022 when yeah. he fought in like 2021 
the UFC Hall of Fame is a joke at this point. It's like there's no criteria for it. It's like, what can we do to maybe get a few extra views on the pay-per-view or something? I don't know what it is. They didn't even advertise it, though. He was just cornering like five guys, so then they just decided, why why don't we do the Hall of Fame thing on the same night? Right, yeah, there's no criteria for it. Like, it's just, it's kind of ridiculous. Like, I I would like to see them make, you know, a little bit more official like other sports. You got to be, like I think you're saying in the group chat, you got to be out of the not have a fight in like five years or, you know, and then there's got to be like only a limited amount of spots per year or something, you know, something to make it more legit and not just like, all right, who do we feel like putting in the Hall of Fame on this card to do a little ceremony for? Because that's what it feels like. You know, it's just like uh, randomly, oh, we got a Hall of Fame um, announcement tonight or something, you know? Yeah, and isn't it nice like when they kind of get forgotten about to like bring them back to give them that bump like – like Khabib's not going to get forgotten about, but ten year, five years from now, ten years from now, when he's like, not basically people, not still like basically an active fighter. Like, what is Connor going in the? Is he going to be the headliner for the Hall of Fame next year? Like, it doesn't. They're, those guys are like thirty right. years old. They're like thirty-two years old. Right. Yeah, I think it would mean more to the people too. Like once they've been out of the sport for a while, to get come back and you know fans cheer from and whatnot. Like I just think it'd be a better thing all around if they, yeah, had you know, had a little bit better criteria and, and thought about how they went about it. Yeah, I had no idea it was this goofy until... I mean, I knew they'd put, like, Hall of Fame fights in, like, people made the Hall of Fame for certain fights, but I didn't know that you could just, like, retire one day and, like, the next day you're in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> right. So, anyhow, um, plus he was cornering, like, five fighters, so why not just get him in there on one of his off nights? I'm sure he would show up for his Hall of Fame thing, but either way... Um, I guess he's the uh, headlining the 2022 Hall of Fame class. So thought that was odd, yeah. but if they're gonna do it early, there should be a rule that they can you can never fight another UFC fight again in your career. If yeah, you, once you're in the Hall of Fame, it's over. You can't put out another contract. Yeah, because I mean, he could literally come. Uh, he he's not that far removed. Like it's he's like I said, there's active fighters who have had longer layoffs than Khabib, and he's 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 uh, been in the, he's in the Hall of Fame. So anyhow. Just a little thing. No Khabib hate there. Just It's just a weird precedent. So why don't we jump into our recap here. We'll zoom through it. Um, we'll give this recap the same amount of respect this uh, pay-per-view deserved. No title fights. Nothing uh, nothing really that noticeable to uh, go over. Colby Covington, Jorge Masvidal. One of the few times when you can say this fight went exactly how we predicted or we expected. Everyone, everyone expected, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly how everyone expected, you know. And touching back on, like, what this pay-per-view deserves like on top of them not having any title fights on this pay-per-view and just a mediocre card they also didn't put on exciting matchups right like you know if you're gonna give us like kind of like a lackluster card like this for a pay-per-view with like title like headlined by some beef between two old you know washed up Jorge Masvidal and and a Colby Covington who has no chance at a title shot currently so if you're gonna do that like give us some banger matchups on it. And there really wasn't many, you know? So yeah. it was like, you know, the RDA Moicano fight, that was most likely going to be kind of like a grinded out type fight. Colby Covington versus Masvidal, same exact thing. Barbosa versus Mitchell, same exact thing if Mitchell won. And if Barbosa won, maybe a highlight real KO. But yeah, I mean, it was just like, I think bad planning all around. Um, but yeah, this fight went exactly how we expected. I mean, Minus Jorge Masvidal having one moment in the fight. Like a a very, I mean, it was a knockdown barely. Like he was like 
barely, barely dropped. He just dropped to one knee, basically, recovered immediately. He was in no, no danger. People were saying, oh, Jorge Masvidal needs to file that up and everything. Like, no, like, they, he wasn't, it's not like he was hurt and he let him off the hook. Like, Nate Diaz against Leon Edwards, he he actually let him off the hook a little bit. Like, the, I mean, he didn't have a ton of time to finish him anyways, but he did kind of let him off the hook. This was like, Colby Covington was to his feet in a split second. If he blitzed him, like, yeah. he's probably going to get taken down. I bet Colby just shoots double leg and takes him down if he blitzed him there. Yeah, and it's hard to... We see those guys smother guys. After you after you tag somebody, when guys smother guys, they get grabbed up too quickly. It just ends up being a bad move all around. So, um, yeah, I mean, the fight... He did land a punch, that which kind of made up for the fight being pretty much a snooze fest the whole time. Colby's just in another class. Um, this was basically... Jorge's last moment to cash in. I mean, he's had three title or three, four main events now, but like his last three main events, he's uh, hasn't won around. So, um, kind of his last, I think, kind of his last big cash in at the top of the welterweight division. So, um, I mean, he yeah, made a lot Colby of money Covington, in the last couple of years. Exactly, Colby Covington's the clear second best fighter in the welterweight division, and in most universes he'd be the best but unfortunately he's got Usman right on on top of him and it's just one of those situations where a guy you would think this is be like world title material but there's somebody that's just better than him the entire time that in his prime as well so yeah unfortunately for Colby Covington yeah he's just got one guy that he just can't beat it's crazy he's close he's and like he's close too and he's yeah. just yeah extremely close like just barely worse fighter like honestly i think it comes down to a little bit of size uzman's like a little bigger a little stronger or something they fight the same game too mm -hmm, he's just ever so slightly better than him yeah and it's just they're they're so similar that it's just it's gonna be it's gonna go that way a vast majority of the times they fight so we'll just have to see what they uh what they do for colby i'd like to see like a vicente luque or somebody fight colby that has a little more thumping power um i mean i think colby still beats him but just like i just I don't know, like, Jorge was not even really a threat. No, yeah, I mean, and I don't think, besides these goofball Jorge Masvidal stands, like, nobody thought he was going to be a threat, you know? Anybody who actually watches the sport and isn't just, like, you know, catches the uh, the commercials on, you know, in between Sports Center knows that Masvidal's a bomb, you know? <laughs> yeah, so I think this will be his last, uh, this is kind of his last, he cashed in, I, I know he signed another contract, he saw uh posted that so he'll be around but uh maybe kind of his uh his banner years are behind him now officially 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 so um rda hanato moicano credit to moicano for stepping in on short notice he had his moments as well um rda was just primed for this one i know he's been training for a long time he's been like off for 18 months looked like he was in i felt like this is some of the best shape rda we've seen rda in because we've seen some lackluster fights out of him um, but one thing I want to point out about this one was the pure disrespect of the commentary booth saying that R RDA was taking it easy on Moicano like he wasn't oh. like he wasn't trying or something. I was screaming at him. It's like, if anything, it was because RDA, RDA was getting tired and he wanted to kind of coast the fifth round. It wasn't, he wasn't he was anything up like he was trying to respect him. I mean, it, it would be the stupidest game plan if you were trying to kind of like respect him and whatnot because, you know, if he wanted to do that, he could have just took him, taken him down and taken it easy on him with the ground and pound. But, like, no, he put himself in harm way. He got 
took some of the worst shots of the fight in that round. Yeah. And uh, the commentary team's just like, oh, RDA, class act, just letting Renato Moicano just uh, punch him in the face over and over again to keep his spirits high after this brutal beating. It's like, what are you talking about? Nobody, nobody, I mean, there was Bisping too. It's like nobody who fights thinks you can't give somebody free shots or like t- take it easy on yeah. somebody in a real, like a, a high stakes co-main event. Yeah, critical fifth round to see how RDA's career is going to go from here. And he's taking it easy and risking getting knocked out in a fight that he's clearly winning because he wants to respect Moicano. No, <laughs> it was just the dumbest narrative I've ever heard of. And, it was pretty uh, bad. No, credit, credit to RDA, though. He came. He, You know, that's his game plan. It, it's what his winning strategy has been, like, in the second half of his career here, kind of. Um, you know, he's strong. For 37 years old, I think he's 37, I mean, He's in the best shape. He's one of the younger-looking 37-year-olds with, like, fight miles on him. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, you don't see many guys at 155 that are 37 that really haven't lost much of a step at all, like RDA. Um, Yeah, he's just uh, a physical specimen. I mean, it's crazy. But uh, Moicano, I mean, props to him. He he took a beating, no doubt, but... um, he was still, you know, throwing. And, I mean, every the whole fight when it was on the feet, it was close. I mean, people were saying RDA was kind of outstriking him. I thought Moicano was landing some of the heavier shots yeah. on the feet. Um, I thought his hands looked quick. I thought he looked good. If it was, a, you know, a stand-up fight strictly, I, I think it would have been close. I think Moicano probably would have edged it out over five rounds. But, you know, it's MMA. Uh, RDA, superior grappler. Um, you know, I wonder if it was a full camp and Moicano was training for that the entire time, how it would go. But coming in, you know, from Brazil, um, you know, 19-hour flight back-to-back days pretty much to get back That's here crazy. for it. So, yeah, definitely crazy. Um, but, yeah, it's still a good fight regardless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's saved the card essentially because if that fight fell off, we really would have been in trouble. Oh, so, yeah. uh, Edson Barboza, Bryce Mitchell, this was one where I, th- I thought there was good value on Edson Barboza. I thought this – I said this – my algorithm tells me when a – undefeated or like a basically undefeated young guy comes up against a uh, longtime vet only the very very few make it through um, Bryce Mitchell was more ready for this than I thought I knew the second he dropped Edson Barboza in the first round that it was going to be a long uh, a long fight for Edson and uh, I thought Bryce Mitchell kind of solidified himself as definitely a legit I don't know not ready to say contender yet but definitely a legit in the mix up there at the top of the division yeah, definitely. I mean, he looked good. I mean, 145 is a stacked division, so it's hard to say, like, he, you know, he's going to be a title challenger, but he's going to be, like, a top-five guy, it seems like. Yeah. Um, and maybe t- maybe challenge a t- for a title one day. Um, you know, he, his stand-up seems to be coming along. Um, he's got really good timing and mixing in his striking and his uh, takedown attempts, which uh, helps his grappling quite a bit. He's got t- good uh, good top control. Um, Edson Barbosa, one of the main things with him is the dude can't get back to his feet. I mean, we've seen this in other fights too, but usually he's able, it usually takes him a little bit longer than you think most people. He's not one of those guys that pops back up, even though he looks like a guy that should be able able to just spring back to his feet. Yeah. Yeah. But he's not, he just pulled guard and was like, kind of just, uh, content with sitting down there, which I think was a terrible mistake. Like I get it. Maybe he's worried about burning up his gas tank, but, uh, in the end, like, you're going to lose if you don't. So, like, try to get up as fast as possible. Maybe you'll land a shot before you gas, you know. But, um, yeah, I mean, Bryce Mitchell, just a great performance. I've always been high on the kid. Uh, I watched the Ultimate Fighter when he was in it. I, I think he's a really good fighter. 
like I said, I fell for the trap line here. I, I think I should have spotted it. And uh, but you know, what are you gonna do? Yeah, I mean, I was right there with you. I just thought Edson's looked really good in his last few fights. The clinic he put on Burgos and um, some of the other fights he's had. Uh, cl- a good fight against Ige. I, I thought that I thought it was gonna be too much too soon for Bryce Mitchell. But like you said, his stand up's coming along, and he. Uh, I mean, he really solidified himself, made a statement. So, Kevin Holland. Yeah, he looks, yeah he go looks ahead. big for 145, doesn't he? Yeah. And it, it didn't look like the leg kicks and everything, it didn't look like it had as much of an effect on him as we've seen it on other guys. He barely reacted. To, he took some of those full force. They barely reacted to any of that stuff. So, I mean, I don't know if he just got just good at taking a just shot or what. dude, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's like you can only be – I mean – being country strong only gets you so far, usually. But, I mean, there's more to it with him. He's he's a legit athlete. So, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, uh, move on to Kevin Holland, uh, Cowboy Oliveira. Kevin Holland, quick close, minus 280. First time in a while fighting at 170. Uh, I thought this was, like, the lock of the century. The, like, I thought this was, like, a super lock is what I was calling it. And uh, Kevin Holland made me sweat it out pretty bad until he closed out the show and made it look easy in the end. But, man, I don't know if Cowboy Oliveira like, took this camp serious or Kevin Holland was goofing off. or I mean, he wasn't talking, so he looks like he's trying to win. I mean, not doing his, not up to his old antics, but he looked kind of stiff early on, and Cowboy Oliveira clipped him a couple times pretty good. Yeah, Cowboy Oliveira, man, he came to fight, right? Like The best uh, we've seen in years. Yeah, and it's crazy. Like this guy can eat. I was a big Cowboy Oliveira fan for a while, and then um, you know, like when he fought Cowboy Cerrone, he was on a little run back. He lost to Cowboy, but uh, he got um, or He was on a little run in that area where he could beat almost anybody at that time, and then he fell off. It seemed like I don't know what happened. If there, you know, probably a lot of baby mama drama with the thirteen <laughs> kids and stuff, and he just went through a few years these past few years where he wasn't looking like the same guy. And uh, he looked like that guy from before on uh, on Saturday night for sure. I mean, I was just like, this is not my night betting. When it looked like Cabo Oliveira was going to win this fight, I'm like, God damn. Like, I had these parlays that I thought were like my safety net, and I'm they're about to go, all get lit on fire right here, except for like one or two. But yeah, Kevin Holland, as good as Cabo Oliveira looked in that first round, Kevin Holland came out, he found his range. Um, and he got it done pretty quickly there in the second round. So, yeah, I don't know. He was uh, having difficulty with Alex Oliveira. It seemed like uh, I, I kind of heard a little bit in his corner. He was saying he's like, he's not coming to me. I'm having trouble finding the range. Like he was, uh, you know, expecting Oliveira to kind of put the pressure more on it. And when Oliveira was kind of staying on the outside, right outside of his range, popping in and popping back out, he wasn't ready for that. Uh, but then he, he figured it out there in the second round. So. Yeah, and it was quick in the second round. It was like one minute in. And it almost it almost looked like he was going to get submitted at the end of the first round, but he came through with the thumbs up to let us all know he was fine. So uh, Kevin Holland needed to win very badly. Uh, Cabo Oliveira needed to put up a good showing very badly, and I think both guys succeeded as far as that went. Uh, Sergey Spivak, Greg Hardy. I mean, the, bo- the book's just written on Greg Hardy at this point. Um, people, people are tuning in to see him lose, and uh, the other fighters, t- looks like everybody knows, uh, knows the drill now. Get him on the ground and pound him, and uh, he's not going to get off his back. So anybody that can get Greg Hardy to the ground is going to beat him pretty much at this point. Yeah, I was on Sergey Spivak here. I saw a lot of people on Greg Hardy, but uh, I didn't think it would be that easy for Sergey Spivak, honestly. No. I thought it would be a little tougher. I mean, Greg Hardy, it looked like he was just uh, 
I don't know. It looks like he just doesn't know what to do out there. Like he has had some success in his last few fights when he kind of comes out strong, but ultimately lost both of them. So it looked like more like he kind of went back to like when, I don't know, kind of there's a few fights there where he kind of tried to pace himself to get through all the rounds, maybe like around the Volkov fight or something. Uh, you know, when he yeah. kind of didn't go for it right away, he kind of like, and he was looking good. It looked like that's what he was trying to do in this fight, but he wasn't ready for Sergey Spivak to just maul him with the grappling. I mean, Sergey Spivak got a hold of him. Yeah, I mean, for as big as Greg Hardy is, Sergey oh, Spivak is that much stronger, right? He just picked his ass up. He said he started his cut from like 290 something, 293 or 295. I forget what Bisbee was saying. Yeah. So he's cutting 30 pounds as a heavyweight, Greg Hardy. You would think with that big of size, you'd be able to, you know, stop some takedowns just on sheer strength and size. Usually we see, you know, the size advantage, like, helps a little bit on the wrestling, but not in this fight. Greg Hardy, I don't know. It's just one of those things, like, you bring it, you start it this late in life, there's some guys that can pick it up, and there's some guys that can't. Greg Hardy's just, you know, kind of seems like he's one of those guys that can't. It seems, I think if he did start it earlier, he would would probably be a decent fighter, but it's like, he has flashes of everything, but he can't put anything together and and in one fight, you know? So nope. I think it's just a little too late in life. But, uh, you know, in another world, maybe he'd be, um, you know, a decent guy. I don't think he'd ever be a world beater, but, uh, you know, maybe he'd definitely be better than he is now. But, yeah, Sergey Spivak, props to him. He just, uh, he mauled him. Absolutely. He just picked him up and slammed him. Uh, surprise fight of the night for me, uh, Marina Rodriguez versus Jan Shaunan. Um, was not expecting this one was the big sweat for me. Marina Rodriguez was my one of my anchor par- pieces in my three-piece parlay of Ke- Kevin Holland, Colby Covington, Marina Rodriguez. And, man, this fight could have gone either way. I, I thought Marina Rodriguez won. I honestly did. But she got lit up in the first round, and it was a close fight. Yeah, she was landing some of the bigger strikes, but probably a little less volume. Uh, yeah, Jan was uh, a good fight. She fought good in this one. I mean, it was very close. I mean, very. they're both very good strikers. But, uh, yeah, I thought this one could go either way. It's kind of a sweat for me. Not as big. I had Marina Rodriguez on some parlays of, of those, you know, the mix of the four, but not all of them. So it definitely wouldn't have been – it would have been a lot worse night if she didn't win, but it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been like Busto or anything. So, yeah, but Marina Rodriguez, she's a solid fighter. But, um, you know, she does have some holes, I think. Um, she's definitely still improving. Uh, I think this was a good fight for her. I think she'll learn from it here coming in the future. Yeah, I mean, close fight, but the W is a W, so she'll keep moving up and uh, see what's next for her. Uh, the real grudge match here, uh, Myra Moroz versus Maria Agapova. I guess the uh, the beef is settled because Moroz uh, ended up making quick work of uh, Agapova. Right, yeah, this is why I uh, I moved this one from our, from our official picks to just one to keep an eye on because I – you know, I when I first saw it, I'm like, okay. And then I started thinking about it more and more. I'm like, geez, we just don't know enough about Agapova yet. And uh, I'm glad I did it because, uh, yeah, she just got smashed. I mean, she looked awful. So every other Rose. fight, she's looked phenomenal. And every other fight, she's looked terrible. Yeah, I think the bad matchup for her. It looked like Moroz was extremely confident. I think they trained a lot together. Moroz knew exactly what she needed to do to beat Agapova. And Agapova, uh, you know, she just has, I, you know, I think she's, kind of head case a little bit i mean obviously she knows how the training went she knows what she has to fix to to beat Moreau's right and it looks like she didn't she, like she was just riding high off her last victory like 
uh, I'm just, I'm better than I was when we trained together and I'm just going to, you know, walk through her and nope, like Moreau's just did exactly probably what they used to do in training. So yeah. And a huge, uh, insider piece of information there, Dean Thomas, letting it, letting everybody know that he knew that everybody in the gym knew that this is a quote, exactly how their training sessions used to go. So that was a yeah. huge, in, that was insider information. We all could have really used there. Yeah, you want to tell us that before the fight next time, Thomas? What the fuck? And you know the crazy thing is, if I heard him say that, I would have. That would have been like the. That would have been like, you know how gamble. You know when you're betting, you take any any tip as a good tip, and that would have actually been a legitimately good tip. So yeah, exactly. So yeah, bummer we couldn't get our hands on that sooner. We're gonna have to start probing a little harder. But uh, overall, like I said, yeah. kind of a lackluster card. Not really. A, this was a. This was kind of a the WWF theatrics mixed into a UFC card. Um, this one, this one was for the casuals, I think. And, uh, you know, we settled a couple beefs here. Um, and I don't think they're going to be bringing up the, uh, the Colby Covington, Jorge Masvidal beef anymore. I think they're going to, they squeeze that tit dry and now they're going to, uh, they're probably all ready to move on. Yeah. Maybe we'll start trying to find some like mid tier, lower level guys that, you know, maybe need a little, uh, a little clout that we'll tell them, you know, we'll make you a JLT official fighter and you just throw some tips if you know of any like house barn sessions went between two fighters in the past. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, there's a lot of guys that know stuff like that. But yeah, when you know that the people have actually like we're training partners. Yeah, you would think. I mean, I don't know when, how often it doesn't happen that often, does it? Where training partners come across. To, uh, I remember like Dillashaw versus Scarbrand. It was like it was like a, they said it was like 50 50 in the gym. But then. Dillashaw ended up winning both of those pretty handily. So, either way, yeah. Um, there was a there was a lot of crazy fights on this card that were I mean real close. I mean that Tim Elliott versus Tagir Ulumbakov. This was like kind of the run where my parlay's just getting busted at busted after busted. I had Tagir Ulumbakov in that one, lost Tim Elliott. Then I had Kennedy Nijeku versus uh, I had him against Negramar Manu. I thought Nijeku won all three rounds minus the point deduction. Somehow, two of the judges gave two rounds to Nikolai Nurmagomedov. Mega. I thought, you know, worst case, we're going a, um, a draw here. But somehow, these judges did not see it the same, so that one blew up. Then I had uh, Jamie Malarkey uh, against Jalen Turner. And I know Jamie Malarkey was getting his ass kicked, but the end of the first round just gave me like, all right, here it goes. Like, Jamie Malarkey's on a comeback here. Jalen Turner's going to gas, and it's going to be all Malarkey. This guy's a dog. And nope, Jalen Turner just lights him up at the beginning of the first round i was trying to live bet malarkey at like plus 250 or something and i'm so glad it didn't go through because <laughs> uh you got lit up immediately i was gassing up the group chat that malarkey was about to start his comeback and it didn't it didn't happen but i uh i was trying to tell everybody that it was just a matter of time it looked good because he got that takedown at the end of the first and he kind of started laying it on him and then uh yeah he just got sparked right at the start yeah i think the takeaway from that one is Jalen turner looked pretty good yeah right he's big He's yeah, big. he's a he looks like he's coming in coming around as a pretty solid fighter. So, so yeah, I mean overall, like you said, like I don't know, you don't want to crap on cards too hard, but it, I mean there were some good fights, there were some there were some crazy fights, but I mean it it lacked paper. This should have been a fight night, right? Yeah, right. Like I mean, honestly, this fight night we're about to get is almost as good as a minus main event, which I didn't like, but I mean, it had drawing power, obviously. So minus that, like this fight night we're about to get this week is like pretty good matchup wise compared to even the pay-per-view we just watched. So, Yeah, no, I'm excited about this fight night. So, uh, 
So yeah, like you said, we'll close the book on on Jorge versus Colby, and uh, we'll move on. So uh, we'll work, move on to our uh, our segments here. I think it's your turn to go first for our weekly call out and our isn't he awesome. So who do you got this week? All right, I got uh, I got two. First off, we got Bryce Mitchell. Uh, shout out to Bryce Mitchell, dude's uh, dude's a beast. He's a monster. I mean, he talks about how he's always poor living in his trailer, and uh, you know he lives in a he lives on a he's got a piece of land with a trailer on it that's where he lives in arkansas <laughs> and uh, you know he makes eighty thousand and he gives or makes ninety thousand and he gives half of it forty five thousand away to uh, you know arkansas kids charity i mean i think the guy just likes living the uh maybe you know maybe it gives him some extra motivation to go in there and keep working hard just being poor but uh it's crazy the guy's uh guy's a you know a different animal he's built different that's for sure um so yeah you gotta give him a shout out he said he drives like some old truck um, it's an old diesel truck because he doesn't want all the computers and tracking and shit. I mean, he's, he's different, but uh, yeah, I heard he was on Fox News. I didn't see how that went on Tucker Carlson. He was on but, Tucker uh, Carlson tonight. Yeah. Did, did you watch it? Oh yeah, I saw the clip. About how was it? Any good? They gave him about seven minutes of uh, airtime. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I mean, he's the funny thing about him is he he he's got a degree in economics and he went. I mean, he's got he's not like a backwoods hillbilly that's never left arkansas he that's i don't think it's an act but i it's easy to think that but uh he's not i mean he's pretty well spoken he definitely is like kind of in in tune with world events not saying necessarily like where he gets his viewpoints from but he's definitely thought about things and kind of uh um, i would even go as far as say maybe rehearsed some of his thoughts or at least kind of uh kind of planned some of his uh some of his thoughts out at least because he he knows now that people are going to ask him for his opinion on every single because i mean he's been outspoken about the covid he's been outspoken about masks he's been outspoken about um pretty much whatever political topic so that's you're up. saying you're saying he's like uh matt damon in goodwill hunting he's like <laughs> an undercover genius that just wants to be like uh you know just a regular back with his friends yeah no i don't think i wouldn't go that far but <laughs> i mean it's just uh I mean, I, I think he somewhere be- in the middle. Yeah, I think he believes what he says, and uh, he's got his own way of thinking. And I mean, I don't think he's hurting anybody except inside the octagon. So, uh, more power to him. Yeah, and then I got to give a shout out to my boy Mo Cano. Um, unfortunately, he didn't give us the W in the pick, but uh, yeah, he went out there, went out on a shield. He got it, made it all five rounds, and uh, I mean, the guy puts on exciting fights. I mean, I, I would have loved to see another. Uh, Another uh, post-fight uh, interview of him uh, just laying For it down, sure. but unfortunately we didn't get it this time. But maybe next time. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, who you got for a call out this week? All right, call out Jorge Masvidal, fuck Jorge Masvidal, and and the UFC. I I saw his disclosed pay is like one point three million for this fight. They paid him one point three million to go get wrestled, fucked by Kobe Covington. Jeez. They're just paying him an insane amount of money to just. Basically, go out there and fight the exact same fight three times in a row. Like, all right, just let's give you an insane amount of money to put on a performance that isn't good. That's not, you know, good fight-wise. It's boring. That's not an exciting main event. It's insane. This dude is the luckiest dude in MMA. I swear to God. Like, for for what he's done to be getting paid that much is absolutely insane. So, you know, if you if you say the UFC doesn't pay their fighters, you uh, I mean, Jorge Masvidal is getting uh, $1.3 million to just lay on the ground for uh, 25 minutes, uh, you know, every time he gets out there a few times a year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what I, I – I looked at this like the last 
the last of the Jorge Masvidal era in the UFC. Um, he kind of became a star by accident with his kind of his. Uh, well, I mean, it was his. He knocked out Darren Till. He knocked out Ben Askren. That was kind of his. Uh, that was his rise. I mean, the guy accomplished more off those two fights, especially the Ben Askren fight, than he had accomplished in 15 years of fighting to that point. So, yeah, right place, really right time, all... right move, and uh, he capitalized on it to the fullest extent. Yeah, it was really all that Ben Askren fight. I think for the most part, like, well, he wouldn't have got it was. without beating Darren Till. Is my what I was. Yeah, that's true. And then, other than that, just quick call here: Eagle FC and Khabib. What the <laughs> hell are you guys doing? Fucking this fight, Kevin, Kevin Lee versus Diego Sanchez. Like Diego Sanchez, I thought died of COVID, but not apparently he's fighting in Russia for for Khabib. It's just uh, kind of an embarrassing card. It seemed like he was putting together a little decent small organization over there, and then I'd see they're going like the you know the Kimbo versus Dada Five Thousand route of these like goofball main events uh, that they're putting on. So I mean, Kevin Lee, I don't know, was that happening tonight or it's happening soon, right? Yeah, I feel like he's gonna smash him, but it's happening tomorrow night. And actually, yeah, he's only Kevin Lee's only minus eight hundred. He should be minus like eighteen hundred. I guess the the Kevin Lee effect I of mean, of being able to lose any fight at any given time is always a, is always a live situation. Plus. Actually, only minus eight hundred. That makes me think we got some shady stuff going on in Russia. The uh, the oligarchs need their cash. They're paying <laughs> Kevin Lee to take a dive to Diego Sanchez, the nightmare here, and uh, everybody's cashing big tickets on Diego. That's uh, that's an insider lock. Well, it's. I know what you're saying. It's happening in Miami, but yeah, the Russians have their hands all over this with the Khabib Eagle, the Eagle FC. Yeah, exactly. They're taking their yachts into Miami for a night, <laughs> cashing in. Big tickets on Diego and then getting the hell out of there. Exchanging it for cryptocurrency. Yeah, so what I, my take on that, this event, the Eagle FC event, is that in within his th- by his third promotion event, Khabib has already made a more egregious matchup than Dana, Dana White's ever made in 25 years, Kevin Lee versus Diego Sanchez. COVID, right? recently right. COVID D- Diego Sanchez. I mean, that makes me think like, there's something fishy going on here. We didn't we didn't spot the uh, trap lines last week. I think we're gonna we're spotting them here this week. Yeah, well, w- maybe we'll miss it this week, but then uh, next week Fader will knock out Francis Ngannou in the Eagle FC, and then we'll know. <laughs> right? Yeah. Once Dana doesn't sign, uh, doesn't pay Francis, it'll be it'll be it'll on. Be, Francis will be getting paid by the oligarchs to take a dive against Fedor. Jesus, anything can happen. <laughs> yeah. So is that all you got for your? Uh, that's it for your call out in that, Disney Awesome. That's it. All right, well, mine will be quick because I got my Isn't He Awesome is uh, Country Khabib, Bryce Mitchell as well. Big week for the kid. Uh, I think he they, he got kind of uh, – I think the, the press kind of thought they were going to prey on the dumb hillbilly, and he he snapped back with his own uh, his own uh, sound bites, and that he, he blew up over the weekend. First of all, he had a great performance in the octagon, and then he – the uh, the media took a liking to him outside of it too. Like I said, he had about seven minutes on – Fox News on a probably the most watched show in the country. So um, that star is just about to take off. I think it's really gonna it's really gonna grow. People are gonna people are really gonna love the the simple the simple hillbilly um, personality. And then I mean he keeps winning in the octagon. It's kind of a uh, he's gonna be the hillbilly McGregor soon, right? This dude, um, you know, he claims he uh, 
he jumped on a deer's back and uh, <laughs> hit a rear naked choke on it and killed it. So this guy, it, it, he's a completely different animal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, strange dude. I saw him with a, a log with two cinder, but with one cinder block on each side, and he was doing shoulder press above his head with it. So <laughs> <laughs> I just never believed that that kind of training could get you that far, but there, here he is. I mean, he's got the camo shorts. He's got the whole thing working for him. So he's uh, before people start to think he's stupid, they better uh, give him a little bit more credit than they uh, than they want to. So, so that's just doubling up our Bryce Mitchell. My call out this one. We're not on the same page tonight because you said uh, Jorge Masvidal clearly is a proof that the UFC is paying their fighters. Well, I have proof they're not paying their fighters because Francis oh, Ngano, Francis Ngano, the heavyweight champ of the world obviously disgruntled about his own pay is doing is getting his hair plugs publicly put in so he can get them for free so he's doing a hair yeah, plug as smart business <laughs> how much does a hair transplant cost i don't know that's brian erlacher <laughs> yeah i know and i his... think brian erlacher is i think i got a conspiracy on that you know you see him on the billboards in chicago with all the hair in his head i don't think the man was ever bald i think he just shaved his head for football <laughs> And, you know, you got the helmet, you're putting it on all the time. He's just shaving it bald all the time. Then he finishes his career, needs money. Perfect. I'm just going to grow my hair out and act like uh, it was because of this cream I put on my head. That's actually a smart conspiracy because there are there are people who have done that. Not, yeah. not, not, not done the hair plug, not got themselves a hair contract, but like GSP shaved his head forever. Like uh, Cowboy Cerrone shaved his head forever. Those are just fighters who have done it. There's exactly. people. I'm, I think we're onto something here. John Annick says he's bald by choice. He he shaves his head. I would have assumed he yeah. lost all his hair. Yeah, same here. But yeah, that's what he said on his podcast. I don't believe him. I think it's the reverse. No. I think he's got an identical twin with long hair. So that's got to really? be gene. The genes got to match up. So yeah. So I think you're onto something there. Maybe the hair plug should reach out to John Annick. But I don't know, man. I I guess everybody knows when you get a hair transplant, but. It just looks weird to do a hair transplant ad. Also, his head is completely shaved bald right now with the, like the the dots on it where they're gonna put the plugs. I don't know. It's a weird look for me, man. It's just like I don't know. I don't think I, I wouldn't brag about it. If, I, if you ask me, I don't need one, but I don't know. I don't know if I would do, do it for free if I had to broadcast it like that. So I don't know. Right? Isn't the whole point so people don't know you're bald? Like <laughs> that's. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Everybody knows too. Like everybody knows you got your hair. Like everybody knows LeBron's hairline just has changed 20 different times since he's been in the <laughs> NBA. But at the end of the day, it's like, you can't prove it. Yeah. Nobody goes from clearly going bald to just regrowing all their hair without doing something. So like, you know, when you let it get that far to where like, it's a, it looks like a problem. Like it's obviously you're doing something if you're, you come back out with a full head of hair. Yeah. And like, I guess my point is, should Francis really be in this situation where he, I mean, shouldn't a shouldn't a hair transplant just be like, like a a like pocket change? I mean, Floyd Floyd must have got one because he's got hair again. I think Floyd got a beard right. transplant. <laughs> I wouldn't <laughs> doubt it. I mean, that's what I don't get. Guys like LeBron and Francis Ngannou. I mean, black guys look good with the shaved head. Like look yeah. at Michael Jordan. MJ like, set the me, tone. My pasty ass. I will look like a cancer patient the day <laughs> I go bald. Like that. I'm a dude that'll need hair transplants. Them not so much. Yeah, and you're already worried about your hairline. I'm worried a little, getting a little worried about mine just falling back in the front. So oh, I'm I'm about to go to that hymns or whatever the hell it is. I, I don't know. They say you know the faster you get on it, the better off you you end up being. So yeah, well, you, know, you got to be 
you gotta be an early starter here. Maybe we can get a ad. Maybe we can get an advertiser for the podcast, and we can get some free product. That'd be great. All right. So that's a that's a that's an open casting call question. But anyhow, that's all I got for a call this week. So um, I also saw the Eagle FC thing when I was looking through the odds and just chuckled to myself. And I'm just thinking, there's that not all horrible fights on there, and there's a lot of guys I've heard of. But at the end of the day, it's like. I don't know if Diego Sanchez should be headlining a main event in any promotion, but I guess we'll see what happens. I thought he was on his deathbed too, so anyhow, move on. We do have an actual card to pre- to preview here. Not a bad card either, a decent card. We got Magomed Ankalaev headlining against uh, Tiago Santos. Magomed Ankalaev running away with it at minus 600. Tiago Santos plus 435. I do think Magomed Ankalaev is definitely the right call here. I just don't know how much you can really squeeze out of this one. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I mean, Magomed Ankalaev, for sure, I'm going with him. He's going to be at the top of my parlays. Um, but, I mean, Tiago Santos, so this basically what I think on this one. Magomed, clearly the better fighter at this stage in the game. Uh, Tiago Santos hasn't looked the same since the John Jones fight where he blew out both his knees. Surgery's clearly slowed him down a little bit. He's not going out there throwing with as much power as he's. He's still got power. I mean, power's the last thing to go, but he's just a little more timid or something, it seems like. I mean, uh, Magomed Ankalaev, though, is a wild man. He leaves openings. I mean, the Ian Kudalaba fights, I mean, I, he beat him, but he makes it a dogfight. He leaves himself open to where somebody could put his lights out. And Tiago Santos does have that power. Um, I think he's rightfully a minus 500. 525 favorite, whatever it is, but um, it's not like a guaranteed lock here. I, I mean, I, I'm pretty confident in it, but if I have some, you know, decently sized parlays about to hit, I'll probably hedge a little bit on Tiago Santos just to be safe, just because he could knock him out. But uh, overall, I, I really like Ankalaev in this fight. I think he's the better fighter. I think he gets the win. Um, I think Tiago Santos passed his prime. He's seen his better days, but you know, it's MMA, anything can happen. And if, you know, if we got some big payouts coming up and uh, they're on that fight, then probably hedge. If it's just like, you know, a, some of our smaller ones, you know, just like kind of like last week where it was like, uh, yeah, you got a lot of ride and, and Kevin Holland and Marina Rodriguez, where it's like some parlays that are only like plus 100, plus 200 or something, letting it ride then. But for sure, if we got some like plus a thousand or more, plus. 10, you know, 5,000 or something parlays hit, and then we're, we're hedging out on those. Yeah, I like that. It's nice to have the plus four, plus 400 plus range to, uh, to work with. Uh, Marlon Marais, Song Dong. Marlon Marais plus 200. Song Dong minus 250. Song Dong clearly on the upswing. Marlon Marais clearly on a, I would call almost an unprecedented downfall since, uh, since his, since his prime and peak, but, um, I don't necessarily love this line. We've seen Song Yudong look pretty good. It seems like he's improving. Uh, we've just seen Marlon Marais fall off, and Song Yudong has a good chin. He's uh he's a durable guy, so he's going to be tough to uh tough to put away. Which is Marlon Marlon Marais is really only path to victory in any of his fights. So I think you got to ride with Song here. What do you think? There. Yep. Yeah, who you got with Song Yudong and uh, right, Marlon cool. Marais? Yeah, yeah, that's the first time that's happened in a long time. All right, cool. Yeah, bro. Yeah, but all right, I'll take it away. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm 
this is a straight up pass for me, I think. Um, I wanted to pull the trigger on Marlon Marais, uh, but I don't know. I just, I have a feeling I like Song Dong, but I just have this feeling like this is going to be one of the one that blows up on me if I put it too high. I mean, look at Marlon Marais. This guy almost wins every fight, right? Yeah, first and round. He's almost won so many fights now and lost that he's going to get one of these finishes, right? And I just have a, a weird feeling it's going to be this week. But in the end, it's hard to bet on this guy, right? Like I, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to be putting him on parlays. That's for sure. So if I'm, I'm, I'm leaving him off all parlays. If I'm, if I get to this co-main event and it's like I want to throw a bet on something and it doesn't really matter, I think I'm gonna maybe just toss a little money on on Marlon Marais as a straight up bet, just because uh, you know anything can happen. Maybe Marlon Marais round one. I wonder, you know, wonder what the odds be on that. But uh, other than that, I mean, Song Yudong, he's Seems like, you know, pretty solid all around, right? He's a uh, pretty to be technical improving striker. Too. Yeah, keeps, yeah, but, you know, pretty technical striker, but he's going to get hit, right, in that first round. And Marlon Marais can put anybody's lights out, right, in one round. So, I mean, Chinese fighters, though, we see they usually have a hell of a chin. They usually go to battle, <laughs> and they never give up. So, um, I, I think he could be. But then again, like, not many guys can take the uh, amount of damage that uh, – Marab's last fight, yeah, Marab Davishelli. Um, like ninety nine percent of the roster is going to go out in that first round, right? If if they're Marlon Marais putting that kind of a beating on him, but uh, so I mean, if Song Yudong finds himself in that situation, I don't know. This is just one where, you know, Song Yudong seems like the more tactical, seems like the uh, fighter that's on the come up, and Marlon Marais is on the downswing. But man, Marlon Marais, we've just seen him be able to turn a switch and put anybody's lights out in that first round, it's really hard to bet on a minus 240 against him, I feel like. So that's where I'm leaving these off the parlays, I think. Um, but, you know, depending on where we're at, Marlon Marais might uh, might put a little something on him uh, just straight up if we feel like gambling a little bit. And maybe, let me see here, if I can see real quick what uh, what Marlon Marais. I mean, I'm sure Marlon Marais first round is not going to be like an insane line because because uh, that's yeah, that's where he wins. Yeah, but I mean, you never know. Sometimes these bookmakers they just kind of mess these things up, right? So let's see. They might not even. It might be. It might not even have this line up yet for like a certain round. But let's see. Um, Marais wins in round one plus eight fifty on DraftKings. I mean, that's not bad, right? That's pretty good. Yeah, I might. Yeah, I think if I'm gonna fire on this one at all, I'm just gonna do that. Marlon Marais round one plus eight fifty. All right, that's the play then. Um, Sadiq Youssef versus Alex Caceres. Caceres. Well, the play is there is no play. But if you're feeling <laughs> like degenerate, then you go Marais in the first round. We love good props though. Yeah, exactly. You feel Long like shot G props. All right, Alex Caceres plus two ten. Sadiq Youssef minus two sixty. Alex Caceres kind of. Uh, been on a little bit of a run himself. I don't remember what his who his last fight was, um, but he kind of brought himself back to a little bit of relevance once he put a, put together a couple wins. Um, but he's fighting Sadiq Youssef, who is pretty good. So uh, what do you got in this one, um, Sadiq Youssef buying that ticket for minus two sixty? Uh yeah, I think so. Minus two sixty. I mean, man, seems kind of wide. Alex Caceres. I mean, he's been on a five fight winning streak, but. In the end, I mean, Alex Caceres is on a five-fight five winning streak first bombs. Like, they've kind of been matching him up against guys like, does he deserve to be cut from promotion or or not? And if Alex Caceres beats you, you're yeah. probably going to get cut somewhat soon. Like, you're like, literally, he's fighting like the bottom of the barrel, guys, see if they should be on the roster or not. 
Um, I think Sadiq Youssef, he's a step up from those guys. I think it's going to be a tougher fight. I mean, could I see Alex Caceres winning? Yeah, I don't like minus 260 on Sadiq Youssef. This is probably one of my, like, on the lower end of these parlay or, like, on the parlays here. Um, but we're going to go Sadiq Youssef. I think he's a better fighter. I mean, Alex Caceres, though. I mean, I could see him winning by submission or, or pulling off something tricky. But uh, overall, I, I, I think you got to go with Youssef here. But uh, just one that I'm not going to have a ton of exposure to. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you there. All right, interesting one here for me. Carl Roberson versus Khalil Roundtree. Khalil Roundtree currently plus 105. Carl Roberson minus 125. Is Khalil Roundtree an underdog here just because he's so up and down, so uh, so inconsistent, and uh, basically fairly inactive as well? Or do you think that just the fact that they're both kind of kickboxers or is uh, kind of Carl Roberson kind of has the advantage here? What's your thoughts on this fight? I mean, honestly, I don't really know. This is like pretty cl- – I might go – I got Carl Roberson here on – like listed, but I've been thinking about this one and I might go Khalil Roundtree just because he's the underdog here. Um, I mean, honestly, both of these guys are inconsistent at times. Yeah. So Carl Roberson, you can't trust. Khalil Roundtree, you can't trust. Um, we've seen, I think, better wins out of Khalil Roundtree. So I think if he's he got the higher up, ceiling. Yeah, exactly. So I think I might switch this pick to Khalil Roundtree, but honestly, I could see Carl Ro- Roberson winning too. It's like, which Khalil Roundtree is going to show up? So, yeah, I mean, if the best Cleo Roundtree and the best Carl Roberson show up, I think Cleo Roundtree wins. But I think we could see a lot worse of a Roundtree than we can of a Roberson, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, no, I get you it know? 100%. So it's kind of it's tough to, uh, to make the pick on this one, honestly. I mean, I guess when it's like when you got a fight that's like kind of this close, you just take the underdog odds. Right now, Cleo Roundtree is the underdog, so I'd say we go with that. And this one's towards the bottom of the parlays too. But, um, you know, if Roberson, if the line flips, then probably go with him. It's just like, I think this is just take whoever the dog is. It's pretty close. Yeah, if you've been betting these guys for more than a couple of years, you know that you know exactly what you mean by the best the best right. or the worst of who Khalil shows Roundtree up. Khalil knocks out Gokan Saki and then just comes and shits the bed for a few fights after that. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, so... Hard to tell. Hard to tell. I don't know. That one's that one's pretty volatile, but the line's close enough that there may be some value making a play one way or another, even a straight up bet. So that's one I'm gonna uh probably put some more thought into. So move on though. Uh we got Drew Dober, Terrence uh Terrence McKinney. Just got done talking about how I'm never gonna underrate Terrence McKinney again. Um <laughs> This guy, I I underrate. I I got caught once in the trap of not not believing in him when I got good numbers, good odds, and then he takes a short notice fight against Drew Dober, who I think is just going to wipe the floor with him. So I'm I'm, I'm going to underrate him again, possibly. I'm taking Drew Dober here. Um, I don't know. This is a huge step up for Terrence McKinney. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's good enough that he can blow through guys, but I think this is kind of an unwise move this early. I mean, he won his last fight quickly. But, man, I don't think Drew Dober's a guy to play with. What do you think about that one? Yeah, I mean, this one, there was many other guys, but Drew Dober, I mean, we're talking about Drew Alljaw Dober here. <laughs> um, this guy, not only does he have the most pronounced jawline in the UFC, he also has a hell of a chin on him. Um, he does not get knocked out easily. And um, he's going to be there through 
all three rounds, right? Like this guy does not go away. He can get his ass kicked. Um, we've seen it, you know, in the um, what's his name in the Brad Riddell fight. Like, oh yeah, he's that was getting a great fight. And he's still, still coming. Like, still throwing tons of volume. Like this guy doesn't stop. Um, Terrence McKinney. I mean, this guy's got insane power. Um, but I've seen Drew Dober take some massive shots, right, and just keep fighting and keep you know getting better almost like so i i gotta go drew dober here um could i see you know anything can happen terrence mckinney obviously he's been on a complete tear but drew dober's fought better competition he's lasted through just complete wars with better competition and uh, terrence mckinney he's a guy who who we haven't seen in the ufc because it hasn't come to it yet but he's got to have suspect cardio right like he goes way too fast and um, he's going to gas if he doesn't get the finish. And Drew Dober is just a guy that is very tough to finish, and he's not going to fade away. So I think, you know, Terrence McKinney starts off strong, and I think Drew Dober finishes strong. So we're going to go Drew Dober in this one. Keep an eye out for um, for live betting opportunities on this one. I mean, Terrence McKinney could absolutely dominate the first round, and Drew Dober could start taking over from there. So I think we could get even a better line than what it's minus 170 or whatever it's at right now um, on Drew Dober if we live bet it after the first. But I don't know. We'll see. I, I do like Drew Dober in this one. Uh, but, I mean, Terrence McKinney, if he can beat Drew Dober here, I mean, he's the real deal, and we'll have to, uh, you know, start looking at him a little differently here. Exactly. Same thing. with the, It'd be similar to Bryce Mitchell beating Edson Barboza on a small, little bit of a smaller scale, but same same concept. So, so yeah, but we both think the HMF rolls on, the handsome – the handsome MF. Um, Alex Pereira versus Bruno Silva. Alex Pereira minus one ninety. Bruno Silva plus one sixty. Um, I'm on. I'm. I'm on Pereira here. What's your thoughts on this fight? Yeah, I'm on Pereira as well. I mean, the dude is long, right? And he knows how to use his range as a kickboxer. Bruno Silva. This guy is a brawler, right? So I mean, yep. Alex Pereira versus a brawler. I'm going with Alex Pereira every time. I mean, UFC is definitely matching this guy up with people he's likely to win against, right? They're trying to make that Israel Adesanya fight happen sooner rather than later. Um, I think this is the perfect matchup for that. Showcase Pereira. Um, we got a guy, I think, I don't know the exact numbers, but Alex Pereira bet, definitely has like a pretty huge reach advantage and height advantage over Bruno Silva. So Bruno Silva is going to have to get inside um, to make this a fight. And uh, Alex Pereira is going to be able to... Uh, to pick his shots when Bruno Silva's trying to close the distance, right? And that's what this guy does. I mean, he's made a career out of it in kickboxing. So minus, I mean, Bruno Silva, we haven't seen him go for takedowns really at all in his career. So, I mean, I does he try it? I don't know. Um, he might. I mean, that's the way to win this fight, right? But, um, I mean, Alex Pereira, he didn't look awful in his takedown defense, right, in his last fight. Um, wow. It got up against the cage. They got try to trip him a little bit and stuff, and he he kind of defended all right, and then he you know finished with that flying. So if he can do, you know, if Bruno Silva does try to wrestle, if he can do something similar, just basically not get put in a terrible position and just live to keep fighting in the next round, and that's what he needs to do. I, I just don't think he's going to. I think Bruno Silva is a guy that's on a hot streak, getting a bunch of KOs, and I think he thinks he's you know he thinks he's a brawler. He thinks he's going to go out there and knock out anybody and. Uh, He's going to run into uh, someone that's a lot better of a striker than him. Run into a buzzsaw. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All Literally. right. Damon Jackson versus Camuela Kirk. 
Um, let me find the odds here for this one. We got Kirk minus 110, Damon Jackson minus 110. Let me ask you straight up before you got Kirk as your pick here. Is this just a strictly a fade Damon Jackson zone or uh, you got a you got a legit lean on this one? Um, I don't know. I mean, I thought Camilla Kirk looked pretty good in his last fight. Right? Yeah. No, I thought and no, I, he has. Don't get me wrong. Damon Jackson did too. Um, who did Damon Jackson just put the pace on? But it's Charles Rosa, right? I yeah, think he, last the fight. most blood I've ever seen in a fight. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, and it was coming it out Charles of Damon Rosa. Jackson, wasn't it? Because I think I yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but I mean, Damon Jackson. I mean, he's definitely been overachieving for what I thought he was going to. Right, so far in his UFC career, he beat Mursad Bektik. Um, he lost Ilya Tapuria, but I mean, Tapuria, he's legit. legit. And then he he stomped Charles Rosa um, in a fight that I thought was going to be a lot closer than it was. But um, yeah, I mean, overall, I I think Camilla Kirk he looked pretty good in his last fight. I think um, I don't know. I just think he's going to get the win here. I mean, I could see Damon Jackson winning. Right? He does have an insane gas tank. He does just go for it. Right? He yeah, just he's a grinder for sure. Pace. And he's a grinder, but I just think Camilla Kirk's a little bit better, uh, and I think he should get the W here. But, I mean, it could go either way. I wouldn't be surprised if we lose this one. Yeah, no, I just didn't know if that was a, a fade a fade Damon Jackson because he's kind of been on a heater and a little bit of a, uh, like you said, a little bit of an overachiever, but I guess... Uh, I think it, I would have been more of a fade Damon Jackson, but I was pretty impressed with his gas tank and stuff in the Charles Rosa fight. So That's true. I, I think it could be... Uh, a close fight than some people are expecting, but Camilla Kirk, I think he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu. Uh, his striking looked pretty good uh, in his last fight. Um, and I, who was it that Camilla Kirk, who did we see him against last time? Um, um, I'm not oh, sure. It was Maquan Americani, who's a good wrestler. Oh, that's right. right? right? So, I yeah. mean, he was able to get the win. It was a close fight, but he got the decision win. Um, so, Damon Jackson, I mean, Americani is a solid wrestler. Uh, Damon Jackson and his, is as well. Um, the thing that Damon Jackson has that Amir Khani doesn't have is that pace, right? That that's the question mark. Is that could that pace kind of you know beat Camilla Kirk? But uh, if not, if Camilla Kirk can keep up with the pace or or hit him with something early, then uh, I, you know I think Camilla Kirk's fight. Yeah, and you know Damon Jackson won't give up for because of a little bit of blood. So you have to do more than just make him bleed. Um. Last one we'll go over here, uh, Miranda Maverick versus uh, Sabina Mazzo. Miranda Maverick minus 355, Sabina Mazzo plus 260. This really feels like a let's get a win for Miranda Maverick, one of our uh, basically our uh, young stars in the in the women's division. So that's what it feels like to me. What do you think about that one? Yeah, definitely. This, I mean, uh, this is uh, Sabina Mazzo. I mean, she's – definitely like a bust prospect she's not you know pretty done at this point in her career um I don't know yeah I think Miranda Maverick's just the way to go in this fight all day minus 335 I don't like that in minus 335 in almost any woman's MMA fight but uh you know we've seen anything can happen in oh yeah MMA, but uh this seems like a fight where Miranda Maverick she's tough right she comes in uh she's strong um she looks like she's in phenomenal shape coming into every fight uh, Sabina Mazzo, I mean, just hasn't looked that great in her recent performances. So I think, yeah, I think this is a get Miranda Maverick back on track type of fight, right? For sure. Um, yeah, I mean, she has two losses, the Aaron Blanchfield fight, 
Uh, and then before that, the Macy Barber fight, which I think that was, was a robbery. I think was a clear victory. Yeah, clear victory for uh, Miranda Maverick. But uh, yeah, I think it's a get her back on track fight. I think she beats up Sabina Mazo. I mean, honestly, if we're gonna go over a like, kind of like confidence rankings, I think she's number two behind Ankalaev. Honestly, um, I, I if I'm so. putting parlays like Magomed and Miranda Maverick would be like top two. Then three would probably be Alex Pereira. Uh, four would go Drew Dober. Five, kind of five, six, seven, and eight are kind of all in the same range. Camilla Kirk probably, then Khalil Roundtree, then Sadiq Youssef. Or, no, pro- maybe Sadiq Youssef, Khalil Roundtree, and then finally Song Yudong. Yeah, I like that. So any but other... Uh, Marlon Marais in the first round, too. Yeah, we need that one. We want that one. Um any other thoughts on this card? Any any other fights stick out? Any props? Any uh, anything else you uh, you want to throw in before we close things out? Ah, uh, not real. Let's see what what's Pereira by knockout? Right, he's gonna win by knockout. Um, so you get a minus one ninety. It would go to if you bet Pereira wins by TKO. It's minus one thirty five. So it doesn't make it that much better. But yeah, not great. Yeah, uh, it's not terrible. I mean, I don't. Do you really see him winning the decision or anything? No. I don't think so, right? No. He knocks out Bruno Silva. So, I mean, it makes it a little bit better if you're going straight bet-wise. If you're going to bet it straight, then probably go by knockout. Uh, parlays, obviously, I'm just keeping just Pereira on it straight up. But uh, other than that, let me see here. Um, no, I think that's about all I got prop-wise. I mean, maybe Miranda Maverick by decision, but that might not be – that might not make it much better anyway. It's like every woman's fight decision. So um, I'm sure the books are on to that. Let's see what Maverick by decision is. Maverick wins by decision minus 135. Oh, wow. That's better than I thought it would be, honestly. So, yeah, Miranda Maverick by decision. I think that's not bad. I mean, but could she stop? Sabina Maza, yes, definitely. I mean, she hasn't looked great, but yeah. I mean, I feel like a lot of these fights, when it's kind of a mixed match, they still end up going to decision for the most part in the women's division. So, unless it's like elite level, so yeah, I mean, I think there's some some all right spots uh, on this card. Like I said, keep an eye out for Drew Dober live betting him after the first round, possibly. Terrence McKinney starts off strong. Yeah, I Basically, like that. Terrence McKinney, Drew Dober gets taken down a lot, right? Terrence McKinney's probably going to take him down a few, but he gets right back up. So Terrence McKinney's probably going to take him down. Uh, he's going to keep getting back up, and the more times McKinney takes him down and Dober gets back up, the tire, more tired McKinney's going to get. So, uh, yeah, I think there's definitely a lot of betting opportunity there. Like I said, Marlon Marais, first round knockout plus 850. Um, but yeah, that's about it. We'll go over a recap for everybody who's too lazy and just wants to picks at the end. We got a uh, Magomed Ankalaev, uh, for our first pick. That's probably definitely going to be at the top of our parlays. Next up, we got the Marlon Marais versus Song Yudong fight. We're going Song Yudong if we're putting it on parlays, but this is kind of a pass overall as far as straight bet, but, um, to kind of hedge almost on that Song Yudong, if you're putting them on the parlays, we got Marlon Marais wins in the first round plus 850. Um, Next fight, Sadiq Youssef versus Alex Caceres. We're going Sadiq Youssef, uh, low on the confidence rankings. Uh, Khalil Roundtree versus Carl Robertson. We're going Khalil Roundtree. Or if the line flips and Carl Roberson's the underdog, we might. I think we're just taking the underdog in this fight. Uh, Drew Dober versus Terrence McKinney. We're going with Drew Dober. Um, like I said, keep an eye out for the uh, live bet, Drew Dober, after the first round because Terrence McKinney's going to start off strong. Um, Next fight, Alex Pereira versus Bruno Silva. We're going with Alex Pereira. 
Um, Alex Pereira by knockout. If you're looking for a prop, that's higher up on our confidence scale. You know, probably third out of the eight fights we got here. Uh, next, Damon Jackson versus Camilla Kirk. We're going with Camilla Kirk. Um, mid-tier towards the end, five, six area. And then final fight, um, Sabina Mazza versus Miranda Maverick. We're going Miranda Maverick, minus 335. Also, Miranda Maverick by decision, minus 135. So, All right, there you have it. We can wrap things up then. So uh, uh, we'll be back next week then to uh, recap these picks and uh, see what we got next week. I'm not sure what we got. Another fight night, it looks like. We got another fight night. And uh, after that, we may have a, another fight night. So either way, we'll keep uh, keep things rolling. We'll be back next week to recap our picks. And uh, good luck on your picks. And we'll see you all next yeah, week. And uh, UFC, they announced coming back to Arizona. So uh, be seeing us uh, live at a fight again soon. Alex, going to be moving on here. So uh, yep. maybe look for some video content coming out. Who knows? Might yeah. take it to the, uh, the next level. Might have, uh, yeah, might have a little bit of a rearrangement going on. So, But we'll get there when we get there. So... Uh, Um, Again, we'll be back next week, and we'll see you all then. Peace.